Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in Aquarius 2. Uh, I hope you're doing well out there. Uh, please leave me a message in the chat box to let, let us know that you're here today and uh, where you're coming from. Um, I'm joined here today by my good friend, Portia Bazzani. How you doing, Portia? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, it's exciting to have you here. You, you've been... Um, a great participant in the chats of these live streams and yeah. are, are an excellent astrologer. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited that our community is kind of like coming together here. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so tell us, uh, Portia, where, where are you joining us from and what are, what is some of your, um, your history with astrology? So I am currently in uh, Syracuse, New York. I'm originally from Washington, DC. And I spent like a really, I spent like 10 years in, uh, Colorado between Boulder and Denver. And um, as far as the astrology, I've been studying that for like pretty much almost 15 years or maybe even a little bit longer. Um, just to keep it really brief, I was introduced to tarot and astrology essentially at the same time. Um, I was kind of in between like belief systems. I was raised in a Christian um, belief system. And then I kind of like distanced myself from that. And I was working with a girl who was raised I, like some sort of pagan like religion. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, tell me everything. Like, what do I need to know? Um, and she just gave me a deck of tarot cards and was just like, figure it out. Like we weren't friends. I was like new at the job. And then eventually we connected and we had our own coven and things of that nature. And we started using the moon cycles. So that was kind of my introduction to um, astrology and tarot. And it's been kind of an ongoing experience or journey since then. And then it kind of transformed into studying astronomy. So I went to college for astronomy and physics and, and that's how I ended up in Colorado. And then once I graduated, I got back into astrology and it just started to like connect and build from there. So it's awesome. I that show. Yeah, I, I love the connections with astronomy, too. It's, it's great to be able to go out and observe the night sky and bring it all together with the symbolism as well, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, lo awesome. I love going outside and connecting just with a, a visceral sensation of being able to see uh, it, taking that light through the eye. Yeah. Um, I would say I miss the skies in Colorado. Like it's always overcast here. Yeah. So it's hard to observe. Um, but in Colorado, it's, I mean, it's so dry that you oh, just yeah. get really like bright. If you can get away from the city, you get a really bright sky and just so many opportunities to observe. Yeah, def definitely jealous. We've got quite a bit of light pollution over here in yeah. uh, southeastern Michigan near Detroit. So hopefully I'll be able to get out to some of those uh, dark skies uh, at some point and be able to take all that in. I had that experience a little bit when we went up to the uh, upper peninsula of Michigan a few years ago where there's not a lot of light pollution. You could just see yeah. the Milky Way. This is like, whoa, this is, this is insane. So very right. cool. Um, <laughs> So Portia, we've got a few friends joining us in the chat here. I'll just shout them out real quick. We've got Bonnie stopping in from sunny Santa Monica. Hello, Bonnie. Uh, Fionn here is joining us from Ireland. Hello, friend. Uh, Elle Nash is here stopping in from St. Louis. Uh, we are glad that you are catching us live as well, uh, Nash there. Um, so yeah, we're, we've got a, a spicy full moon that we're going to be breaking down here in a second. But before we get to that, um, Portia, where can we find your services what kind of things are you have coming up in the hopper offerings classes whatnot what do you got going on 
Yeah. So right now I have a Chiron class, Decoding Chiron in the birth chart that is happening this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. So that's a virtual class. And this class is awesome because it was voted on by a lot of the people that follow me on Instagram or like follow my stories. So I did a poll asking people what they wanted to learn about. And Chiron was what came through, which is funny because I haven't really focused a lot on Chiron, um, but it kind of aligned because I had some like triggers or activations with my placement um, and stuff that's coming up too with this Mars retrograde that's happening sure. soon in Gemini. So it was really good that I got some insight and focus on, on that particular placement. So I'll be teaching that. And I also offer readings and like tarot, astrology, um, and things of that nature. And you can find that on my website, uraniauniverse.com. But if you want to just really engage and keep up with me, I'm most active on Instagram, which yeah. my handle is at uranius, urania underscore universe. Yeah, that's really where I've been kind of consuming your awesome content that you, you're, yeah. you're very consistent with. You make great videos there on Instagram. So highly recommend uh, giving Portia a follow there for sure. Um, and check out that Chiron class. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So Ura uraniauniverse.com. Mm -hmm. Urania underscore universe on Instagram. Yep. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Uh, we've got Jude stopping in from Australia. Our international crowd is starting to stop hey. in. That's exciting. Um, just a few more business things before we dive into the astrology today. I do have a couple uh, services coming up. Um, of course, I'm doing readings throughout the summer. If you're, My books are open right now if you're wanting to schedule a reading. I do fixed stars, uh, tarot-based deccan readings, full natal treatments, transits, and whatnot. Um, so if you're needing some guidance through these challenging times, I'd be happy to help out. And I have my Deccans of Leo webinar that is coming up on August the 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can still sign up for that. That's the last in my webinar uh, series for the Deccans, which is pretty exciting. Uh, stuck, stuck with it <laughs> throughout the entire year. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was, but it was very exciting. I learned a ton. We've had a lot of great people through there. And um, we'll have to see what's what's next, you know, like wh where we're going next, you know, like okay. crossing over to the other side, like with this full moon. Um, yeah, so so check that out. Uh, if you are wanting to support the work that we're doing here, the, the easiest thing you can do is uh, leave us a comment in the chat, hit the like button, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you aren't, and subscribe to uh, my newsletter, spencermichaud.com uh, newsletter. You can find that. Your, uh, Portia, do you have a newsletter as well? Yeah, so you can sign up for my email list on uh, Instagram. Pretty much everything is on Instagram for me, uh, but definitely you can sign up on my through my uh, website too. Excellent, excellent. And if you'd like to make a material donation to the show here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that's called a super chat or a super sticker. Uh, that helps uh, support everything we do here and that keeps the lights on and the books uh flowing into the office and <laughs> the air conditioner back here keeping me from dying in the 93 degree heat today <laughs> so um so yes i appreciate all of that and if you want to make a donation after the fact you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com all right my friends that's the business out of the way for the day um we have oh, let's see we've got a new name in here um villa villa dos lobos Via, via dos lobos is that right via? yeah villa, villa dos lobos it's susana hi susana hello friend coming coming hello. from santa fe new mexico is this yeah. one someone uh, that you are familiar with yeah 
One of the people in my community. She's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome, friend. And uh, we're, we're trying to build a a really uh, interesting community here. Where, so feel free to share your ideas in the chat. We always love hearing from people. Um, okay, Portia, what do you what do you think? We've got a we've got a full moon on August the 11th, which is a Thursday in most areas at 9:35 Eastern at 19 degrees of Aquarius. Um, in the second decan of Aquarius, and the sun is in the second decan of Leo. And you are an Aquarius sun, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we've barely. got barely. It. It's like zero degrees. Okay. <laughs> barely. Okay. So your first deck in Aquarius sun, and then yeah. you. What are the, your other big three? So Scorpio rising and uh, Capricorn moon. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So this is something I like to do on the show: is bring people that have some experience with these yeah. these placements. Um. So. What do you think? Big picture thoughts about this uh, full moon. Do you want me to pull the chart up or? Uh, yeah, that'd be really helpful. So I feel, well, first, you know, I like to focus and you kind of meditate on the, the Leo season or the sun in Leo and that intention yeah. there, just what's been coming up and thinking about the archetype of the sun in Leo, the sun being very strong in Leo at home. Um, what's been coming through for this Leo season is really um, authenticity, which is something that I, I pick up on every Leo season. But in this particular season, 2022, it's been commitment and loyalty, but loyalty to yourself, your authenticity, your inner truth. Um, and so with this full moon, naturally, the moon essentially is going to reflect that in some way or embody that or, yeah, fill up with that energy. And so, and it's interesting because Aquarius is also very authentic um, and connected to self, but with Leo, there's a, um, an intention to shine and share that. And with Aquarius, it's more so it's like, it wants to shine and share, but it's, it's kind of resistant to that. Sure. Um, at least in my own perspective, that's something I've had to really um, like make an effort to do, even though I do it, it's not, comfortable <laughs> at all so yeah yeah it's, you know it aquarius being the the domicile of saturn and sometimes the saturn being associated with with darkness rather than light of the leo sun right and trying yeah. to you know figure out how to how to shine your light even if you're not getting the the, the feedback or the applause is that something that you've had to experience in your life I, i've had a lot of aquarian clients or friends where they kind of had to do what was in alignment with their truth, but they didn't always um, get the appreciation that they needed at the, at the time. Yeah, I definitely have experienced that just with my upbringing. I've kind of always been rebellious, not in necessarily like a, a bad way, but I just don't like I won't do what, stat, what status quo or I guess the consensus, you know, yeah. it's like you have to go to school, you have to get married, have a family, do this nine to five. Like when I graduated from college, I was 30. Yeah. It took me some time to really like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it on my own terms now. Yeah. Like now I'll do it since no one cares anymore. Um, and so it definitely has been me just like doing what I want to do. But it's like I have a vision. There's with Aquarius, there's always a vision. Um, there's always an idea that is outside of societal norms. And you might not be privy to what that idea is um, or what that even means, essentially. 
but it means something like what I'm doing as an astrologer, my family still doesn't really get what I do, sure. but I see the bigger picture and I see how this is going to help rebuild community. And I feel like this Leo season and just even this year in itself is there's an orientation towards rebuilding. Um, and it, com it comes with that destruction, of course. Absolutely. Man, there's so much good Aquarius uh, themes that are coming out of that story. I, lo I love the, uh, you know, success coming a little bit later in life. That's so Saturnian, like Saturn, Saturn does give gifts, but it, it, yeah. but it happens over time. And it happens, you know, through hard work, through persistence, through endurance. Um, I love the fact that you were able to stay true to yourself, uh, even in the face of maybe some some backlash from from your family and things like that. Like that's I mean, that's that's Aquarius 101 right there. It says, okay, I, I, it's it's for the good of the whole and for the community, even if some people don't understand in the moment. And I really love that. And I love hearing those success stories. To me, that is a, the ultimate success is when you've been able to overcome maybe some of that, that negative feedback and still do what is in alignment with your truth. I love that. So I'm, I'm excited, you know. Um, okay, so we've got this Aquarius opposition um, I love that word authenticity. I, I, I totally agree that Leo season uh, feels like trying to, to me, that authenticity, integrity reflects being the same person internally and, and externally, right? So where you're kind of saying, okay, I have this belief and I'm going to, my life is going to reflect that belief rather than me trying to put on a different mask for show or something of that nature. So that second decan of Leo you know, we were, I was kind of talking about this with you. I'm going to stop the share for a second so we can look at the tarot. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. All right. So we're looking at the opposition of a two sixes in the tarot, right? The six of wands and the six of swords. Mm -hmm. And um, the sixes are associated with a decking called Tiferet. And Tiferet has to do with the sun and balance and the, the center of the tree of life and sort of this kind of harmonious expression so sixes generally tend to be sort of uh, a little bit easier than some of the other cards, especially the fives. Uh, your son is in the uh, five of wands or five of swords decan, right? <laughs> Which is a little bit more like yeah, a, right. that's a challenging decan, right? Um, but we've got this uh, this figure here, right? And he's he's kind of coming home on a parade. He's got this this crown of laurels, like Austin Kopic likes to say. Um, any initial thoughts about this particular card and how this has come up for you? I also want to, uh, uh, don't let me forget this. I love the way that you pull tarot. You kind of do a lot of like card mixing and like cards just fall out and you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't used to do that. That's like something new as of the past, probably like two or three years. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the synchronicity and just like letting kind of spirit just take the wheel with that. But what mm -hmm. have, what's some of your experiences of, of this card been when it's come up for you or for clients or things like that? Because this is where the sun is. And I, I look at that as like a solar intention that we may be aware of, that we may be trying to infuse into a lunar body here. Mm. Yeah, with that card, whenever I see it, it's it feels like it's this warm feeling. It feels inspiring. And it's just like almost like this sigh of relief or like we did it. Um, I do read that card too, as there's like more work to be done. Like it's like a minor success or you've made some kind of achievement at this point, but
but there's still a lot that needs to be done or yeah. So it's kind of like, keep going. It's recognizing, you know, us or you for the achievements and the work that you have done. Um, especially coming from the five of wands where it's more like a battle or it's like this disorganized energy or even chaos. Um, once you get to the number six, yeah, it's like alignment or it's balance. Yeah. And so I really, I really connect with that. Yeah. It's just kind of like cleaning up um, after kind of some disruption or some sort. So we started off our new moon cycle with the wands version of that five energy, right? We're competing with one another, competition, uh, trying to establish ourselves and our authenticity. And maybe here, like you were saying, we've, we've had a success. We've had a victory. Uh, they actually call this card victory in the book right. of Toth and book T, right? One little tidbit I thought was really fascinating. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. Um, in the research I was doing for Leo too, they talked about uh, Triumphus, which was a, uh, a lavish parade celebrating the commander of a significant military victory. Uh, so kind of like this king for a day type of thing. Um, mm. But it's not just about um, coming home after a success. It's also coming home to make a sacrifice to the temple of Zeus, which I thought was pretty interesting of saying, okay, we've had a success, but we're going to share our success and honor, um, I don't know, the creator maybe even in that, in that way of thinking of things, because this is a double Jupiter ruled Deccan, whereas we have the moon and a double Mercury ruled Deccan here. Um, where do you think in our current time frame? we are celebrating a victory and what, what kind of things do we need to still work on? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so much. This could be a long conversation. <laughs> yeah. I feel it's interesting. I feel that with the Mars uh, conjunction with Uranus that actually to me might, maybe not right away. It doesn't feel like success or vic victory or breakthrough, but I do feel that it is. I mean, when you think about a conjunction, it's a new beginning. And so I've been trying to look at that transit from that perspective versus like, oh my goodness, it's like the tower moment or like chaos and destruction, which it can be. But if you're already in like a focused mindset and you're preparing for that, I feel it's more, it can be more constructive. And I feel that with the energy of that card, it just, it, or in right now, it feels like we've made, we've had a breakthrough, um, even though it's not, it may not necessarily be visible or tangible right now. And we want to really, you know, honor ourselves for that, or just even honoring where we are at this moment, it could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I, that's what I kind of feel with that energy. Um, as far as what we can work on, I mean, we still have like, I mean, there's still like a long journey oh, yeah. and we can all point to something. So yeah, Raven saying in the chat, uh, speaking of triumph, Cam Kansas successfully voted not to adopt the value, uh, devalue them both. I'm trying to unpack that sentence. I think what Raven's basically saying is that Kansas voted to preserve um, reproductive rights in Kansas recently in this latest um, yeah. uh, primary election, which that kind of feels like uh, the parade that's a short-lived victory but still more work to be done like yeah. a like a primary election that is just like anticipating maybe the the bigger election in in november potentially yeah. so um, yeah that could be some of our energy i'm also that also brings to mind some of the maybe the legislation we've been seeing kicking around about um climate change 
or there might be the inkling of some uh, ability to pass a big bill that would be in support of funding to help combat climate change. It's not passed yet, but maybe we're yeah. getting close to doing something, right? You, you used to live in uh, Maryland for a little while, correct? Mm -hmm. Maryland so yeah You're pretty plugged into all that uh, <laughs> unfortunately i mean moving to colorado that was like my way of distancing myself from that because it it can be a lot especially oh, yeah. when you're in the capital like just the capital of the country like the city and yeah. you just feel like everything that's happening you can i mean at least for me i'm very energetically sensitive like i feel it around me literally and so I could feel like the pressure, the the worries, the anxiety, like all of it, you know, in the city. And so it can be really, really intense. But I definitely like these little um, just like insights or occurrences or just things changing where it's like, oh, there's some hope. And just that little bit even is that inspiring energy of I feel like the the six of wands, the the sun and Leo and the um Deccan too, I really feel that energy pretty strongly. Nice. Yeah. Welcoming a few more friends here in the chat here, Portia. We've got Mary stopping in. Hey, um, Mary. I think this is another friend that you've brought along. Yes, excellent. All right. <laughs> Welcome, Mary. Um, and we have, uh, let's see who else. Raven is stopping in. Rachel is here from Ireland. Um, yes, we've got, uh, I believe Rachel is a fellow Aquarius. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember everybody's placements from the chat. <laughs> but uh, um, okay, so yeah, we've, we've got this maybe temporary victory here potentially, but here we're going to see that energy of authenticity being infused into the body of the moon with this Six of Swords card. So in this card, we see a figure um, ferrying a, maybe a mother and a child I get the the feeling of like refugees in this card. A yeah, I was getting that too when I was looking yeah. at it last night. So, so we've got what I thought was really the kind of a nice uh, comparison. We've got a, a homecoming and then maybe a leaving, you know, home into the unknown, yeah. you know, because remember this, this six of, of swords follows this conflict here. This, mm -hmm. They call this card defeat. So maybe it's like, oh, okay, well, we've got to figure out something else now. Um, it's a Mercury rule card. Uh, we have uh, Austin Cabot calls it heaven and earth. T. Susan Chang calls it celestial navigation, which I, I love that word for it. Yeah. Um, what What are some of your feelings and thoughts with this with this card here and these images and and what we may uh, maybe some of the the actions that we can take to maybe um, embody the solar intention. Yeah, well, just seeing those two cards like next to each other, it definitely spoke to me as the duality that exists within just where we're like as a whole, as a collective, like the entire planet. Like there's some people that are in that successful part of their life or experience. And then there's some people who's in this like, you know, refugee, like we have to get away, we have to move on kind of energy. And so um, I feel like honestly, though, for the Six of Swords, the word that came out to came out for me last night when I was making notes was recovering mm -hmm. and with it in a mercury rule decan, right? Yeah, mercury, yeah. There's that it, it's bringing me to that um, feeling of organization or like restructuring or getting a plan yeah. um, through the experience, even if we're in a successful, you know, part of our, our life, 
uh, we still want to, again, there's, we have to do more. So we want to start to organize and plan. And so that moving on is like being in the moment with the joy and the success, but also moving on or moving forward to get organized for all of the other work that, you know, or any other challenges that might be coming through as well. Absolutely. Um, some authors have spoken of this card and this decan is related to, to problem solving. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like that, um, you know, I like the, the feeling of maybe utilizing our, our power or our, you know, integrity, our energy to be able to share with maybe those that aren't as fortunate yeah, right yeah. now, right? That are, yeah. are suffering. Because like you said, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are being displaced from their homes right now due to all sorts of challenges due to, uh, you know, conflicts between countries and leaderships due to climate change and, and you know, things getting really hot in various areas. So there might be a, a time where, you know, we need to be able to kind of unify to <laughs> help people out that are on the that are in exile at this point like that's something that you know as i was studying traditional astrology that have come up for saturn a lot is you know people on the fringes of society people that have are living in exile rather than in the within the castle walls right like this is kind of like maybe even being the ultimate insider versus like helping out the quote-unquote outsiders yeah. right Mm -hmm. So th that to me is really fascinating. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the diamonds. Uh, first of all, before we get to that, let, let's talk a little bit about the the square that's going on in this chart. Um, mm, yeah. Right? <laughs> I think that's a, a good place to start. So we've got the opposition between the sun and the moon. Remember, full moons are always oppositions between the two lights. And then we have a third party in here with Uranus and the North Node and, and Mars um, creating this, this big old T-square. So what, what are you thinking about uh, Uranus in the mix here? <laughs> I just feel there's just impatience, you know, like wanting to really get it done. You know, I feel all of us or, you know, the majority, we really want change. We really have like these big ideas. And of course, naturally we're met with resistance and it does take time. It takes planning. It takes strategy. Uh, this is like a long kind of a game. This isn't like, yeah. Um, so that's what I feel with that. I just feel like there's impatience, you know, where I see um, this Taurus, like Uranus and Mars and Taurus is that's where essentially I would say the breakthrough happened. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think about just the Taurus energy with Uranus there, whenever Uranus is activated or triggered in some way, I feel like it's like really getting deep in the dirt, like dirt, like in the roots of a tree. Um, yeah, I just always think about replanting, but I, I'm thinking about the actual earth. And like just digging through that. And if it's dry, if it's just like old dirt, it just, it's going to take a lot to really like finesse and caress that and just get things flowing, like adding a little bit of water and like nutrients and just nourishing that. Um, it takes time, but I feel there's like this anxious energy um, with that particular placement, like in between the two. And Portia, did when, you know, I'm curious if, uh, if you or even people in the chat here, 
how they experience the Mars Uranus North node. If uh, I kind of was speaking about potential disruptions to our routines and to the foundations of what makes us feel secure. And I'm curious if, uh, if anyone out there had uh, some of that happen. I know in, in our house, we had a little bit of a, a COVID scare because uh, my partner's um, couple of their, her coworkers tested positive. So we, we had a, a quarantine for about four or five days to make sure that she didn't um, test positive. So that was our Mars Uranus North node disruption of routine moment. Um, anything come up for you during that period of time? Yeah, I would say it was more so, yeah, like the weekend, like before, yeah. you know, like Thursday or Friday, it was just some, because this is in my, my seventh house. So it was definitely intimate relationships with my partner, with my family. There was just a lot of like frustration and not <laughs> like seeing eye to eye on things. Sure. And, you know, I just had to kind of breathe through it and detach even like almost that Aquarius energy that I'm so good at where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to like withdraw. You yeah. do you, I'm going to do me for now. And then we'll, we'll figure this out when it's aligned. And I feel by doing that, which is different than probably what I usually do. It wasn't so bad. Like I had time to kind of sit with the energy and by the time the actual like exact conjunction happened, it was like, I kind of had an, an aha moment, which could be pointing to that North node too, of like how, like what changed and how my behavior changed and, and how to move forward with that. I love that detachment as a remedy for that martial energy. That's, I mean, that's something that I've been trying to practice here. I don't know if you've been listening to the show, Portia, you know that I have a 18 year old daughter that's <laughs> trying to assert their independence pretty strongly, which is testing my patience. And I know you got a, you got a little girl, right? But it's, yeah. it's coming, <laughs> like, maybe not today, but someday. Um, and yeah, you know, during that kind of spicy time, you know, especially with the extra stress of being separated from my partner. And I, I inherited a lot of more responsibility in the house. Like usually she's, she's an, an incredible chef and she does a good portion of the cooking. And I had to learn how to do the cooking for a few days and like keep everything together. And um, there was a little bit of tension with me and my daughter here, here and there. My, my partner is also a good like um, peacemaker <laughs> between the two right. of us. But, but every once in a while I had to just go to my, separate corner you know what i'm saying i had to go in my office and just be like all right i gotta chill out and i i think that's totally a, a, a legitimate way to deal with some of these super challenging yeah. times is okay it's okay to take a time out you know you don't have to solve every problem in the moment and sometimes cooler heads can prevail after recentering right you found that in your in your circumstance yeah especially with the north node there because it can just like get out of hand with that yeah. mars energy. it's like i just want it now you know yep. so yeah i feel as long as there's like a peaceful separation where you know i've learned to even say okay i need to just breathe yeah so and that's very helpful like i don't i've learned to not just you know go away um, but just taking a moment, it's like, okay, we can revisit this when we're not in the heat of the moment and yeah, we can actually yeah. have some time to breathe and think. That's yeah. been very, very helpful with these transits for sure. Yeah, you can't, you can't avoid the, the, the issue itself uh, forever. You have to deal with it. But, but like yeah. you were saying, like being able to, to get yourself back to that place of peace and calm, and then maybe the actions that you take to solve the problem uh, are 
more in alignment with our higher selves, right? Than, than, than the, just the, the martial energy of like, ah, we're just going berserk. You know, like, oh, that's fun. All right, uh, Portia, we've got a couple uh, comments coming in here. Um, we've got a, uh, oh, we've got Christopher's joining us from Denver. So your old stomping grounds here. Yeah. Um, I had some nice chats with Christopher recently about food and um, some, one thing I will say, I had a, a, a really delicious sandwich when my partner, the first day that my partner was in quarantine, and I, I kind of talked about it with Christopher, and it was like a peak memory that was related to some a memory I'd had with my, my mom on a vacation, eating Cuban food, and it was, nice. um, it, it, I wanted to tell everybody, because this, this is my Taurus moon coming out, just forgive me for this digression, but I had Venus conjoining my natal sun and had one of the best meals I've ever had. <laughs> like, and then so it's, my, somebody told me, one of my friends was like, you fell in love with a sandwich. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, right? I did see it on your Instagram story. Yeah, Venus <laughs> will find a way. I, so I, I had a, a Cubano sandwich for the first time ever, and it was, it was authentic. It was very, very good. Um, so anyway, just, but I digress. Uh, so friends, we have uh, Galactic Center is joining us here today. Welcome. I believe that's Yevgen. Nice to see you, friend. Kate is blowing love to us um, from somewhere. Uh, Fiat, Fiat says, my Yuran Mar Maru, <laughs> Marahu, I like that word. Is that what people are calling it? Yuran Marahu? Right. <laughs> my Marahu experience was two family members going to extre doing extreme sports in the sky. Oh my goodness, um, oh. that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Someone was doing that during Mars Uranus. Like Capricorn here. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, another family getting an unexpected health scare. Oh, I'm sorry, Fiona. I hope everything is okay with that. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, changes. Like I, we had a number of people kind of leave the planet during that time too. Uh, NBA great Bill Russell, who was a great uh, civil rights activist and one of the greatest, um, I guess, champions of all time, won 11 championships with the Boston Celtics, passed away over the weekend, as well as um, Uhura from Star Trek, uh, which another wow. person who was a really uh, uh, pivotal figure in, in media uh, through mm -hmm. the 60s and 70s. So we lost some, some great people, uh, as well as Ursula, from the voice of Ursula from the Little Mermaid. I don't know if you. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I love her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we had we had some people leaving the planet, um, and uh, a lot of changes going on. Yeah. So let's see. I'm looking through the comments. Mary says, "Like mining coal, we are filtering our gems and leaving behind what's no longer required—a time to customize and tailor our own ways for that specific time." I agree, Mary. That's a great mm -hmm. observation. Uh, Rachel says, I found it strangely quiet during the conjunction, but the week prior, I had my first bout of COVID. Oh, no, Rachel. No. Oh, this, this variant is, it's very it's contagious. Everybody, yeah. yeah it's, it is. Crazy. It's going around for sure. It is very challenging still. Uh, generally crazy time taking care of a family member who is unwell with the virus too. I'm sorry, Rachel. Mm -hmm. I hope that you're doing well. Wish you good health and um, a speedy recovery for everyone. Um... Let's see that we've got so many great comments. I'm just kind of kind of looking through here. Hello, Remco. Nice to see you, friend from the Netherlands. Uh, let's see. Looking, looking, looking. Oh, yeah. Raven said the sandwich looks so good. It was Raven. It was, <laughs> it was, it was so good. Just, I'm going to remember that experience for a long time. 
you got to take little victories when you're a, a, a hermit that doesn't leave your house very much. Yeah, <laughs> like, a wonderful new meal and new experience. I think that that's the thing. Portion again. I wonder if you can comment on this too. Like because our worlds, I think, have gotten so much smaller on some level during the pandemic. Little experiences like that of new novelty just become. I, I feel so much gratitude for them when I have something new like that. Have you have you experienced yeah. that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I had my daughter at the end of 2019. So it was December 2019. And then we promptly moved to Syracuse, New York. And so I didn't really know anyone. And then a couple months later, we were in a pandemic. So <laughs> it's postpartum, like new mom, I was already probably stuck in the house anyways. But yeah, yeah it's just, you know, my whole life changed. And I felt a bit isolated, which I have no problems, you know, being at home. Like it's really hard to get me to go out anywhere sure. these days or in general. So yeah, whenever I have those, you know, fresh moments or I go out in nature, my thing is like going out for walks at the park and like yeah. I'll see the animal. Like this year I saw a really big snake, which I haven't seen like a big snake in years. I saw nice. tortoise. Um just all different kinds of like random animals. And those are the things that really light me up, light me up you yeah. know, these days to see that. So. I love that. I love that. And that, that was so true at the beginning of this whole extravaganza of the pandemic. Um, you know, thing, when people just weren't driving at all, like the animals started to kind of reclaim yeah. some of their territory. Yeah. That, uh, that was a really, yeah. yeah, that was so beautiful. And I, I hope that we can continue to facilitate a little bit of that. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah, and I agree. Walks are a great way to stay healthy during this time and, and uh, start to appreciate the transitions in nature and whatnot. I'm, I'm all about that for sure. Um, welcoming a few friends from Finland. Susanna is here and Tarja is here. Hello, friends. Uh, we, we've had some spicy moments here from uh, people uh, reliving their Mars, Uranus, North nodes. Um, oh, no. I'm sorry, Tarja, that you had an argument with the family and Kate's been purging, uh, purging their hoarder paradise. <laughs> That's good. That's a great way to use Mars Uranus, right? Get yeah. rid of stuff. Okay, Laura is here too. Welcome, Laura. Um, maybe our Leo Risings. Yeah. What are you referring to there, Laura? Uh, oh, oh, with the purging our yes, definitely. I've been doing a lot of purging in my house also. So yes, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, that may be something with our leo ascendance but i think just in general i think this is a great time to let go of things that don't long, yeah. don't serve us and our authentic authenticity like you were saying portia um a lot of the times when we're shifting our consciousness the things and the people and the circumstances around us have to shift with us and if we hold on to those old uh narratives and those old uh, reminders that can keep us stuck in that that old that, that old story right yeah yeah, Portia, this is one of the things I was, um, I like about Aquarius. You know, Joy Usher is somebody that I really appreciate, her book, Tiny Uterus, and she talks about the Saturn and Aquarius and that, uh, the limitations that Saturn provides. In addition to the physical limitations in Capricorn, we have these kind of mental structures that we're trying to build. And it, she calls it the glass ceiling, where we make, uh, create an idea that creates boundaries in our life. Like I'm thinking of like laws that govern civilizations on some level, right? Um, which, which really resonates with me. Does that, does that resonate with you with 
with Aquarius? And have you experienced that in your own life about trying to overcome maybe your own narrative limitations? Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting because, you know, I started studying astrology with modern astrology. And, you know, I did feel some aspects of the Uranus as the ruler, that connection, more so just in the rebellious nature. But then once I learned of that Saturn connection, the Saturn rulership, it definitely made just more sense to me because just from my own experience, as I was, as a young one, I just always felt that I'm like, there's a better way to do this, or there's like a better way for society. Even when I was, I would say 18, seven, like 17, 18, 19, I was really active in politics. Like I was doing a lot of activist, um, projects and things like with climate change, just environmental um, communities and things of that nature. And so there's always been this sense of like structuring uh, or re-governing society in a sense, yeah. which I feel is kind of overlooked with Aquarius. Like it's there, like those humanitarian endeavors, but it's not really like a big focus, which I think it actually really is with that Saturn rulership specifically. I agree. And, and, and Saturn can be forward thinking. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, retroactive looking. I think sometimes, you know, I think Saturn and Capricorn may be trying to preserve structures on some level, but Aquarius, it's definitely like, hey, what's, what's good for the future? What new, new world can we create on some level, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we do have, what I find interesting about this full moon, Portia, is that we do have Uranus in the conversation here as well. So even if we're not necessarily using uh, Uranus as a, as a ruler for Aquarius in this point, and some people still do, and I don't have a problem with that if that's what works for, for your astrological practice, um, but we do have Uranus just on its own, uh, kind of throwing a little bit of a monkey wrench into this, uh, you know, this opposition, where we have, uh, you know, to me, Uranus, you know, is that, Prometheus energy, right? Where mm -hmm. we're trying to steal fire from the gods and we're trying to bring something new into existence, but, but it's not an easy transition. It's one in that Prometheus story, Prometheus was severely punished for, for mm -hmm. trying to bring something of value to, to humanity. Um, so here, this disruptive energy is in that second decan of Taurus where it is about uh, our routines. It is about how we deal with resources. It's that six of pentacles energy um, mm -hmm. where how we distribute resources too. like kind of I'm thinking of like charitable foundations, um, you know, social support systems on some level too. So we have this tension between really needing to deal with our resources in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. We've got our authenticity with Leo and the sun and our, our need to move forward uh, with the, the, the second decan moon in Aquarius. What are some of your thoughts about the moon kind of hanging out with Saturn here? You know, it's really close to Saturn in this chart. It is. I actually really, I really like it. Um, those two very close because I feel the moon is taking on that intention of the sun and Leo. And now it's, it's meeting up with Saturn to essentially, it's like pre almost presenting this to Saturn. It's like, here's the intention, here's the plan. You know, I do associate the moon with embodiment as well. Sure. And so meeting with Saturn, it's kind of basically presenting 
or reflecting even that intention to Saturn and that Saturn's pretty much that uh, the authority on what happens or if this is actually going to um, manifest essentially because it is the moon is in the house um, of a queer or ruled by Saturn. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I definitely feel Saturn's kind of like the end all be all like, is this really going to happen? How do we move forward? Or it's going to at least assist in that planning and restructuring, which is really, really important. And being an Aquarius, there is this visionary aspect, like what do we see for the future to better society or to right. better our current environment is I feel is what that, that energy is there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're coming off of a pretty intense square between Mars and Saturn a few days prior to this full moon yeah. too. So we're kind of, I feel almost like we're going to be uh, recovering from whatever frustrations we had coming into the, the weekend leading up to it. Uh, so that, that could be part it's of it. It's almost like I feel, I'm just like, poor Saturn, which is like, no one feels bad for Saturn. I have, uh, I've learned to love Saturn. I have Saturn mm -hmm. on my ascendant yeah. in Scorpio. So it's just been, it's been a whole thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like Saturn's getting a lot of heat, which naturally it probably should. Like, let's get things moving and then- right. Saturn's also retrograde, so it's already slow and like kind of revisiting, reviewing things. And you know, Uranus and Mars want to just get, you know, get to it. Let's go. And with the Sun and Leo, it's that divine intelligence and inspiration, you know, to move forward or to assist. But Saturn's there, kind of like, well, let's like really thoroughly evaluate what's happening right now and do things the right way. Absolutely, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Saturn is um, my time lord for the year. So I've been, like, okay. I've been dealing with some Saturn <laughs> issues this year. A lot of endings. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. just half of my maternal family just passed away basically in the last year. I've had three very important family members in the last three months of a Saturn perfection year in the seventh house. Wow. Um, I, I really do associate Saturn, or it's at both Saturn and the seventh house in general with endings and with completion so i'm um, just really living that right now and I'm, I'm getting to know saturn quite a bit as far as a, a level one um zodiacal releasing time lord as well I, i'll tell you what i shifted from from professional music to astrologer right as that jupiter was moving to saturn you know wow. it's like it's like oh you're you're everywhere like you know being johnny on the spot social guy and then when that saturn level one time lord hit it was like oh it's time for you to just, you know, study in your office and get serious. Wow. <laughs> what a transition. That's, that's yeah, it was crazy. I really have felt it. But I'm learning to appreciate Saturn. And like, like you are speaking of, it does bring gifts after hard work, after maybe delayed gratification, after mm -hmm. thinking about what is good for the whole on some level as well, rather than just glorification of the self. I think that's one of the things that Saturn can teach us yeah. is that we're trying to, to, I keep thinking of the indigenous axiom of, of well, how are your actions going to affect the next seven generations, right? Yeah. To me, that's yeah. so Saturnian. Yeah. I definitely correlate Saturn also to just uh, like ancient teachings, wisdom, like esoteric teachings, just things that are like timeless. Yeah. I do feel that Saturn is connected to time and has a representation of that, but it's also 
very discerning about what is carried over through you know, the generations through time. And I feel Saturn has that discipline to really filter out what's not, you know, what's not working, what's not yes. serving truth, what's not authentic. Right. And yeah, so that's why I, I really have learned to enjoy Saturn's energy. I really didn't have a choice. So <laughs> right? Saturn doesn't give you a choice. It, it binds you to that. It says, all right, it's time to sober up. Here's the reality. Uh, get to it. <laughs> like Serve or suffer is kind of the, the mantra on some level. Um, okay, so we're coming off of that Mars-Saturn square. Uh, you know, I talked about this in my monthly and with uh, Janet uh, good si- good speed. I wanted to call her Janet Good Sigil. <laughs> That's the name of her business, Good Sigil. Um, but I was talking about potential for maybe some more natural disasters or droughts that because the last time we saw that aspect in those decans, we had a super mm-hmm. crazy drought in the 30s. Um, and we are seeing that. We're seeing wildfires picking up on the West Coast where we are experiencing crazy heat waves uh, recently and probably will be into this next weekend. So Again, I do hope for all of you out there that you're able to, to maintain your safety and, and stay cool and, and able to deal with all the challenges that that will present. Um, but we have Mars now hanging out at this full moon on a fixed star called Algol, um, mm-hmm. which has a pretty notorious reputation uh, in, in astrology and in fixed star mythology. Um, do you have any experiences with Algol and or, and or thoughts? Um, I don't just, I just learned of Algol, um, back when you did that Scorpio, was it a full moon Scorpio eclipse? Yeah. But that was my first time actually hearing and learning about it. I was definitely fascinated. Um, but just what I noted and what I've been learning is that with Mars there, it just seems to amplify that energy of impatience and frustration and just like really like wanting to bust out bust free and you know be liberated and just be in the moment and yeah it's just not yeah, able. i agree i agree I, I think it could you know like you were saying it could really feed into that need to want to break away to move on um, and i think it's really important like we were talking about earlier in the show to maybe try to remain calm uh to get in touch with our our, our feminine power i mean I'll, the some of the more positive takes on Algol talk about uh, it being a protective star and getting in touch with kind of kundalini energy and and things of that nature Um, but the downside is yes it was the the severed head of Medusa um, where we could literally quote unquote lose our heads so we have to make sure that we're um, staying in touch with our maybe maybe our more rational side with the moon uh, conjoining Saturn and in Aquarius and seeing the big picture and maybe using the intellect on some level while not ignoring our, our instinctual desires as well. Uh, Portia, let's take a look at the chat, see what we've got here. We've got, okay, our Finnish friends are, are stopping in, right? We've got, um, Kate says, <clears throat> let me see, Kate, I feel like this full moon is a special cosmic gift. I did intentionally plan a spiritual retreat with astrology that actually moved the date. Oh, well, that'll be fun. This full hey. moon's going to be a fun time to do that. Um, let's see. Mary saying people will feel triggered by Saturn. Yeah, I think so. Slowly. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lot of holdups, I feel. Yeah, and, and I agree. And you know, we're going to see an opposition of the sun perfecting to Saturn as well. So I do mm-hmm. think that, 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 like you were pointing out, 
feeling restrictions, feeling like you're maybe banging your head against the brick wall, that may be part of this full moon as well. And again, is going to require patience and delayed gratification. And we might not be able to do everything that we want to do right away. And to be honest with you, I think that what I see in this is I don't think that we're necessarily going to get the the, the victory parade or the applause for doing mm-hmm. the right thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that can be really difficult, especially speaking as a Leo ascendant. Um, it's not fun. <laughs> that's not uh, that's not something that is exciting for for Leo placements. But uh, you know, being able to balance that out with saying, "Well, you got to do the right thing, whether someone's watching or applauding or or you know giving you a yeah. pat on the back," is important. And that's the way that we create uh, functional societies: is not necessarily having to always, you know, I don't know be loved for every single thing that we're doing right uh, it's that self-validation exactly i feel like that's a thing for uh leos that intention or the lesson even where it's like striving to really um cultivate your own self-validation or self-realization even just so yeah and then by doing that and just connecting to your own inner light naturally that's going to radiate from you and you will receive the validation like in itself. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm seeing uh, some some other great comments here. Yevgen is our sort of um, boots on the ground with Ukraine on some level. He has family members in Ukraine. He's, I believe Yevgen is from Ukraine. So Yevgen is saying hello from my three Ukrainian refugee family members who are Gemini ascendants and my little nephew Aquarius ascendant in the Six of Swords ascendant where he has the sun and Mercury in this deck, and they are still stuck in Bulgaria. Oh, wow. wow, yeah, so you and your family are living that, Yevgen, or your family is with being refugees from their homeland. So um, it's just so fascinating to me to see the, uh, the symbols lived out in real time and, and heartbreaking. And I mean, fascinating in a, like, a, oh my God, that's, right. I can't even imagine, and I, and I, I, my heart is going out to you, Yevgen, and I, I keep checking in with all of your stories and stuff because I can, um, I think we're a little bit sheltered here in America from some of those things. I've yeah. heard people say that Americans always see every war as a foreign war, and I, I think that on some level that, that feels true, uh, which it's not because yeah. these conflicts have uh, global effects, mm-hmm. but it's very different being you know, exiled from your home rather than watching it on the news. So I just hope everything's going okay with you and your family again. Um, okay, Portia, let me see. We've gotten through some good stuff here. We've talked about Leo too. We've talked Aquarius too. Um, what do you say we talk about some of the, the diamonds of these yeah. decades? So I'm going to stop my share here and we'll bring those cards back out. So we've got Isis for Leo 2 and Phobos for Aquarius 2. Tell me about Isis, because you, you have some really, it sounds like you have some firsthand experience with working with that deity. Yeah, um, Isis, I feel I was really connected with her right away when I started getting into just Egyptian mythology, which is a whole thing. There's just so many gods, like it's such an expansive um, uh, pantheon. And with Isis, the very first thing with Isis was definitely balance. That was a very big theme, I would say. 
but you and I discussed the connection with the six of wands, which I was kind of like, how is that connected? And we spoke about the, um, basically the mythology of, or the story of Isis tears replenishing the Nile. So there's that essence of that abundance or just success after like say a drought or just a really hard time and her energy or just her, that connection, um, was able to really, yeah, bring that, that abundance, I guess, if that makes sense. But what I was really getting with the, with the diamonds was in just their connection to the astrology. It really makes me think of the act of appeasing the gods. And so during that time or during this time, you could say Leo season decade two, this is the the heat of the sun, the potency of the sun. So there is more of a tendency for drought. So this is the time where they potentially would make an offering to Isis just to bring forth that that energy of, of abundance or success for, or just rejuvenation even. And I feel really um, like that was really important at that time, which is why they would associate um, ISIS with that particular um, decan. So that could be a, a remediatory action we could take, maybe doing some some ritual prayer to ISIS to bring bring back fertility, right? You know, during the challenging summer months. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, you know, some of the other things I think about ISIS is. Um, resurrection right there's some some myths about isis trying to collect the pieces of her her husband right and collect so osiris was killed by set i believe exactly prior to this this decan or just prior to this part in the story and isis was really upset and so she was gathering his body parts to bring them essentially to bring them back together And she was successful in that. And in that moment of gathering her body parts is when like the tears were flowing. And through that process and that dedication, the the Nile filled with her tears and Osiris was reborn. So there's that element of of resurrection there. Yeah, it was temporary though, right? Like because Osiris, I believe he was resurrected just long enough for Isis and Osiris to mate and then (laughs) and have a child right and then osiris had to go into the underworld and was like all right i'm the lord of the underworld now so maybe we're gathering information with isis to to be able to give birth to something new uh Mm -hmm. in the collective consciousness um you know if we contrast that resurrection theme and return of fertility with isis this phobos second i thought was really interesting or this daimon um phobos was the the uh the son of Ares, the god of war, one of the twin sons, um, which is basically uh, related to um, panic that soldiers would experience in battle. Uh, they, they call it panic to rout. And, and I had to look that word up because it's not one that I use very often. Uh, I, I, you know, not in a lot of military conflicts, so <laughs> I don't know. But uh, route is basically like the, uh, so I'll, have, I'll read the definition, panicked, disorderly, undisciplined retreat after loss of leadership and authority in battle. So I think that the, the thing that we could experience this year with like, I'm trying to connect all the pieces here. We've got a shock from Uranus and Mars. We've maybe had a, 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 a no, with Mars and Saturn and the sun opposite Saturn, where we are frustrated. And we have to kind of gather all the pieces like Isis to birth something new instead of, you know, and we may be tempted with this moon 
to have this completely disorganized panicked effort does that make sense yeah especially with uh the moon and the full moon in aquarius where it's again that energy of organization restructuring especially conjunct uh saturn i think yeah. that's really, really important to not panic right and again that just energy of appeasing the gods which i feel like phobos maybe you can't really appease that energy but the way you can work with it as, or navigate that energy is by just being prepared and go. by being like creating some kind of um, method or strategy to move forward in case you know just preparing for any challenging times that may arise absolutely that's that's a great saturn mantra be prepared <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, there you go i love it okay uh let's see here um oh do, 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 do. mary says i believe that the fertility is high at this present time for many i feel this card came in for this reason well yeah be careful with if you're um you know, what your what your intentions are <laughs> very good right? uh, so if you're if you're wanting to have a baby right now then okay they will have a this is definitely moving into the the harvest season too there you go there so you go naturally yeah it's naturally flowing to that excellent um but if if that's not your intention you know use your saturnian uh your saturnian boundaries prepared. there you go be prepared exactly <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've covered. Uh, oh, the other thing we should mention about Isis is that she was a daughter, a daughter of Ra, who was a sun god. So yeah, so she's she's part of the solar pan yeah. part of the pantheon, which is I feel like they bounce back and forth. It's it's really interesting. It's really complex their their system, but yeah, she's she's a solar goddess, nice. and then she has that divine mother aspect, which is the fertility, the abundance. So. Yeah, I love that because you're you're right. The, the the diamonds of Leo, and I'm doing this as I'm doing my research for the Deccans of Leo webinar, uh, August the twentieth. Saturday, <laughs> I always feel so silly promoting stuff, but you have to do that. Uh, so the the diamonds, Hephaestus, Isis, and then Serapis, I think is how you say it. You know, Hephaestus makes sense with Saturn and the fire and the like, the forge and the anvil and the the pressure to create something and to, to yeah. become your authentic self. But then Isis and Serapis, I was like, wow, those are strange ones. But like, like we were saying, uh, Isis is a daughter of Ra, is a solar deity. Serapis mm -hmm. was also a solar deity as well. So all of these right. do fit with the sun. And I thought that was pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess the last thing, I think we just touched on it briefly. And I, you know, I, this isn't totally my wheelhouse, but we do have these Sephira energy centers. Uh, I think of them sort of like chakras, sort of like spiritual themes in the in the Kabbalistic tree of life. But for these sixes, we have uh, a spiritual center or Sephira called Tiferet. And Tiferet is related to balance, harmony, centeredness. So all of the advice we've been giving today, I think about staying centered and calm and, and mm -hmm. trying to balance out these two things. Um, you know, my, my astrology teacher, Achuta Baba, said that Oppositions in a chart don't always necessarily have to be completely reconciled. Sometimes we have to be able to hold the paradox yeah. and realize that they can't always be completely unified. There's something that is like, okay, well, maybe we'll be celebrating one part of our life and maybe we'll be feeling like we're going off in exile in another part. And that's just holding duality, right? Which I think is some wise advice. 
Yeah. I just feel like that's the nature of our existence on earth is like, I can't, you know, I can't see it being like fully like, oh, we're all one. We're, we're peace or maybe we're going to be peaceful. Who knows? But there's always, there's value in the opposition. There's value in that opposite perspective. And it's really what's most valuable is learning how to balance that in itself and learning how to find your way, you know, towards the middle, but not, you know, be fixed there, I guess you could say. Um, so that I makes agree. sense. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. Sometimes we need a little challenge and conflict to be able to appreciate things. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I think we're always going to be kind of like have feeling a little bit of this tension, this push and pull you know, with just life itself, at maybe being spiritual beings, trying to figure out how to deal with this incarnation in a body, that in and of itself is a paradox on some level, you know, trying to work through that duality. But, um, but yeah, uh, so let's go back to the chart, Portia, how you doing? You feeling all right? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this yeah. is our full moon. What do you say we look at a little bit of some of the astrology through the quarter moon here? Um, I just have on my chart here, if we go forward, we, we're going to see the sun is going to be making that opposition on the 14th to Saturn. Okay, 13th and 14th, we're going to be feeling that energy. Pray for me. This is the exact uh, degree of my ascendant and descendant access. Uh, so that'll be fun uh with saturn being my time lord so we'll see uh oh, yeah. what's going on with spence here but i'll uh, send you some good vibes on there you go one. there you go <laughs> i th i think the main thing with this is um you know those two decans relate to uh, standing your ground and defending mm. your authenticity versus having a plan b and saying okay it's time really to go it's yeah. time to really take the leap into the unknown and this yeah. makes sense in my life particular, because this is going to be about a week out from my daughter uh, moving off to college. So there's mm -hmm. just going to be some feelings of finality and like, oh, yeah. staying and going and the tension between that, I'm sure. Um, let's see. If we go forward a little bit more, we are going to see we've got we didn't really talk about Mercury in these charts. We've got a really strong yeah. Mercury, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely like Mercury and Virgo doing this this time just yeah. to assist in the organization and the planning and just getting yeah, just I when I think about Mercury and Virgo, I feel it's more of a focus on an internal system and what's like not working. So almost like providing assistance with a detox essentially where it's like, okay, this thing isn't working this is toxic to the circumstance or the situation, like, let's move this, let's reorganize this and, you know, bring in this particular um, aspect to get things kind of working and flowing again. Yeah. So I feel uh, Mercury is definitely going to be some assistance, probably more so to uh, what's going on in Taurus with uh, Uranus and, and Mars. I feel like it's going to be assisting in that intention or agenda. Sure. Um, so I really, really like that. Yeah, we've got we've got Mercury in its uh, domicile and exaltation, making a trine to Uranus uh, on you know the fifteenth and the sixteenth. Um, you know, like you were saying, like creating those new systems, you know, weeding out the inefficiencies. And in our I think after this full moon, we'll probably come to some realizations, some clarifications, right? And then Mercury will use those mercurial powers to let's say, okay, 
well, how do we get down to brass tacks? How, how do we get down to business here? Um, we're also going to be experiencing during that time uh, a trine between Venus and, and Jupiter. Um, so, you know, these, these two signs have been, uh, these decans here, a lot of them are about establishing sovereignty and personal identity and things like that. So any um, Venus, Venus Jupiter thoughts here? I just really, I feel it's so like grounded in the um, individual power and just connecting to your own authority, um, independence. It's just, it feels really, really good to me. Yeah. Um, especially I feel this entire year, there's a focus on alignment. This is just how I intuitively connect to even this, this year being a year six. Yeah. And so there's a focus on alignment, but what's most important is getting in alignment with ourselves, getting very strong within our authority, getting strong with our, our purpose, or even trying to understand that whether like, what's your intention? What do you want? What's valuable for you at this point in your life? And when we get clear with that, then we're able to step into how we can help the collective. Um, right. But it starts with the self first. And I do like Venus and Jupiter having this connection with Venus and Leo and yeah, Jupiter and Aries. There's just a really good um, comfort and nurture to our individual selves, or at least there's a pointing to that. So I really, yeah. really like that energy. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I agree. I think that uh, it's it's a great time to be the new you, right? And whatever that is, and in, in whatever role that you're being asked to play in our new collective story, um, that man, I'm going through that 100% here, just changing roles uh, from yeah. full-time parent to like empty nester. Uh, We're going to be free. <laughs> I <laughs> guess. Not really, but... <laughs> Not, uh, like, what are you going to do with your time now? <laughs> oh, geez, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'll probably just keep reading books. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, probably what I've been doing. But, uh, but yes, it will definitely be a change and, you know, trying to take on those no, new roles and, and also trying to accept others in their new roles, I think, is an important thing to consider around this time yeah. as well. Um, right. it's, it's not enough to just accept yourself in, in their, your new manifestation, it's important to give other people the right to do that and be themselves as well. And that's been my biggest lesson, you know, being a parent of a newly hatched adult is, wow, I have to relate to this person in a completely different way than I have in the past. And that's, I think that's the most challenging thing is a lot of times we get into the habits of relating to people in a way that we always have, especially when it's really closely bonded. Um, and that can be really um, challenging, painful, but also educational, and, and it can really uh, promote growth within your own character by being able to find that acceptance of treating someone differently than you would have in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key for gaining personal respect is being mm. able to give it, right? <laughs> being able to allow that for others as well. So something to consider. Uh, in that regard. Okay, so that, that's a couple aspects that we have leading up to this last quarter moon. Um, and we're rounding the bend here. I think we're going to get in under our two hour mark here, which is, is, is good. We'll, <laughs> we're being very efficient today. <laughs> Saturn ruled. 
So here is our last quarter moon on August the 19th, which is sort of a, I like to consider these existential crises, <laughs> like where we're letting go of the, that old cycle and maybe shifting our perspective and trying to consolidate everything we've learned from this mm. cycle. And here we've got a moon, Mars conjunction before Mars is switching signs into Gemini for the very long haul for basically the rest of the year and into the beginning of 2023 with the Mars retrograde. Uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, on that Mars retrograde here that we are going to be initiating soon. Man, I don't know. I've been sitting with how this will manifest or just Mars and Gemini is, I don't know. It's really hard to picture it or envision it for some reason for myself, maybe because it's ruling my, my eighth house. So yeah. I'm just like, how do I even like, how is this even tangible or how do I put this in literally into words? Um, but I think that is, it's like the different perspectives, right. With, with Gemini, like looking at all of these different perspectives, these different ideas. And mm -hmm. as you said, like holding space for, you know, everyone's, you know, authority or authenticity, but it's also the work of coming to some sort of common ground in a sense. Yeah. And with Mars, it's definitely going to be tied into our own personal and collective desires and how we want to act on that. So again, I feel with, with Mars being kind of slowed down a bit at some point and having to reflect and like really review these desires and how we want to act moving forward. And it's just like, it just, <laughs> I feel bad for Mars because it's like, again, it's like, oh, I can't just like be in the moment and do what I want to do. Like I have to really think about it. I have to like communicate, network and look at all the information uh, before, you know, I act. And then, yeah, so it's just, I kind of feel that coming through with, with Mars and retrograde and Gemini. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a little bit of a challenging Marshall year, hasn't it? I mean, Mar Mars going through Taurus is banging up against saturn the whole time right we've, we've got then going into gemini it's slowing down and turning retrograde and here at this last quarter moon we've got the last gasp of mars and taurus at that anoretic degree so um you know that that last decade of taurus is is a challenging one i look at that one uh, from my research it, it, a lot of things come up about things that are out of our control that are bigger than us like natural disasters, uh, things that we've done maybe too hastily that we have to go and redo um, and quote unquote repent for. Repentance is a big theme, like praying, mm -hmm. praying for uh, redemption in that, that decan. Um, you know, the, the seven of pentacles comes up and there's some history with potato famines and things like that. So mm -hmm. um, there might be themes with that, with, with trying to figure out how do we deal with our food systems and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and then the last second of Leo is, is kind of defending the, the, the hard won authenticity that you've been, you know, working towards throughout this whole cycle. Uh, there's a fixed star that that sun is on called Alfard, which is in, in Hydra. And Hydra is you know, that's kind of about like this, these toxic energies that we may be experiencing. Like, so I think it's important, especially with the moon hanging out with Mars here, um, not to get too spicy with your communication and, and try to make sure that when you're going and redoing the things that you may have hastily done 
to not get too rash. Um, again, Saturn is the key. <laughs> We've been talking about this whole this whole thing is slowing down, right? But uh, but yeah, with Mars moving through Gemini, you know, I think it's going to be uh, it's election season, right? And I think that that's something that I've been thinking about where. I really dread election season anymore. Uh, I'm glad that we have them, and I will say that. I, I don't want to dread them so much that we never have elections because that is actually under threat right now with the way things are going, with authoritarianism on the rise. I, I hope that we still have free and fair elections or even have more free and fair elections uh, with ending things like gerrymandering and things of that nature. But election season is where everyone's really shouting their opinion and getting angry about other people's opinions. <laughs> that seems very Mars retrograde and Gemini to me, where yeah. you know everyone's arguing about what they believe, and and uh, so I'm. I think that my my baseline advice for people every time I have one of these shows is going to hold with this: just be kind to people and try to come get, come in alignment with kindness both to yourself and to others and realize that other people do have a different opinion sometimes. And some of the questions are life or death issues. Some of them aren't. Um, it just feels like most of a lot of the issues are getting heavier recently. Have you experienced that? I just, elections used to be like, well, we, we could have an election. And if we don't win, our candidate doesn't win this time, we'll get them the next time. Now it's like, if the candidate doesn't win, we may never have an election again. <laughs> you know, like, right. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, recently my experience is just like it, even if our candidate does win, I don't feel like I'm not happy with what change has been done. Sure. You know, of course I'm going to be grateful. It could be worse. But it takes more than just voting. Yeah, um, that works for some people. That works for some degree. But it's also again about what you do in your local community. It also takes being in your own personal authority, um, being confident within yourself, your resourceful nature. Just there's so many different elements. But again, I tend to always bring it back to the self first. And getting very clear and grounded and strong within who it is that you are so that naturally that's going to create the inspiration to, you know, go in your community and share your, you know, opinions, but hopefully from a space that's grounded and, you know, that's compassionate, essentially. Um, and so I feel with Mars, whatever happens before Mars moves into Gemini, that might even, you know, prompt the um, reviewing all the different ideas and the different ways we can act on, you know, whatever's coming up and and what our plans are for moving forward. Um, but it definitely there's there's multiple ways of doing things um, versus like this is the one way or this is like the one candidate. It's like, OK, that person is a representative, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Can we continue to do to either support our common intentions with this individual, this candidate, or, you know, in addition to just our connection and um, rehabilitation to our community and the planet as a whole. So mm. that's a great point. Yeah. It's, it, you know, voting is one tool uh, for creating change, but like you were saying, it's, it's just not the only thing. And I love the, I love the fact that you're pointing out that those people we are electing to represent our intentions and interests. And I'm thinking of recently there was a bill that was a controversial um, 
blockage in the Senate for a, uh, a burn pit bill for uh, people who had been serving, I believe, in the Middle East, like service people that were being served, served, served and having cancer problems uh, from burn pits in these challenging circumstances. And, and there were some Republican lawmakers that were blocking that legislation. And because of there, there was a comedian, John Stewart, that was really speaking out and really, really getting a lot of coverage for this through his very passionate speaking out. He put a lot of pressure on those lawmakers uh, and, and, and rightfully embarrassed them for withholding health care for, for <laughs> sick veterans uh, to, and, and basically shame them into actually passing the legislation. So I think that, like, you know, to, to speak to your point, voting is the first step. The second step is holding your leadership accountable through your actions and through, through just, you know, doing things on that local level as well, right? Like, like yeah. doing things within your community, not necessarily always just pointing the finger at your leadership saying, well, what can I do today to do something to, to help with the, the, the changes that need to take place? So you're right, it's a collective effort with all of those types of things, I agree. Um, all right, Portia, this is uh, leading us to a new moon. And we'll just touch on this real briefly and then we'll get to our divination and we'll call it a day. What do you say? That sounds great. All right. I'm enjoying myself, so. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, I'm excited that you're here. I'm so happy that. Uh, I was really excited when you shout me out at one of your, I don't remember which live stream it was, but when you offered, you were like, hey, like you should come on the show one time. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> good. Um, well, you know, it's a, when, there's so much. Um, there's so many intelligent voices that come to these live streams and in the community itself that that's one of the things I love about this channel is being able to uplift and promote those voices as well. Uh, yeah. This is really speaking to my Aquarius South node is being able to like, I don't know, be part of the collective and, and highlight not only my own, you know, thing, but but other people's gifts as well. And that that's something that makes me really happy. So. I'm so glad that you were able to bring your wisdom here. And, and that's a good point for anybody in the chat here. Uh, if you drop some knowledge in the chat box here and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great point. Oh, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll ask you to come join me on the show. You know, <laughs> like, so. yeah, I think you do an amazing job of engaging with the live audience. I think that's that's what I really enjoy or as a viewer. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite parts. It's just like, you know, you actually connect and communicate. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Cause th th this is, I changed the format of this channel almost completely. I, I was making like four or five videos every week, just me talking into the void, but I, I started doing these lives every once in a while. And it was, I just really enjoyed it, like connecting with people. So it, it's definitely my favorite part as well. So, so thank you. I'm, I'm glad that this is becoming um, people's uh, go-to to have like that that interaction in that community. My 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 uh, Taurus moon on the midheaven is very happy and <laughs> pleased, and my Venus and Gemini in the eleventh is excited about all of that. Oh, nice! <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so Portia, we've got. Uh, let's take a look at just just give people a little dip into the toe of this new moon. We'll have another guest on to talk about this potentially. Um, but we've got a four degree Virgo new moon at the 27th of August here uh, that'll complete this lunation we've been going through. And um, 
We've got a funky square from Mars here. What, what do you think about this new moon real quick? I mean, I definitely with this new moon and coming out of Leo season, I feel this is going to be just, again, more of the organizing, planning, um, probably clearing space. I know Virgo season, I tend to just want to get reorganized and uh, moving things around and even like dabbling in herbalism and just like being connected to nature and just, yeah, earth things. And I feel, um, or like practical things, I feel more so. And so with this square to Mars, um, Mars isn't retrograde yet. No, because no, not not yet. No. Oh, yeah. So I think that Mars will like there might be some kind of tension in regard to like all the things you want to do. Maybe there's like a deadline coming up or just yeah, it's just like, oh, I want to do all the things, but like you only have X amount of time to to do this um, or you have to really prioritize. I feel like that might be like the conflict at that point in time, especially with Mercury and Libra, just that needing to like balance and yeah. Yeah. I love that you're pointing out like, Hey, you might want to do all the things, but you might not be able to (laughs) like as Mars, Mars in that deck. And that's the eight of swords deck in where we just feel paralyzed by all the different options we have. Um, and it may be, you know, causing us to feel like we need to learn more that first second of virgo is all about like hey i'm working hard on my craft i need to learn more skills um i would i guess i would my my advice on that is just to pick something try to do it to the best of your ability recognize that you don't have to learn everything all at once i'm I'm just thinking about this in the context of my own family Um, my daughter will be starting college this week so she's her head is going to be spinning of all the new experiences she's going to be going through it's just like okay you know just just concentrate on what you need to get done that's most important try not to get try to eliminate all the distractions uh and uh that that would probably get us through this this time period i think um intact but mars in the overcoming square though is is in hellenistic astrology that's a that's a maltreatment in this in this new moon so uh, Mm -hmm. we may feel really a little bit anxious about all the different things that we uh directions we could go potentially Okay, Portia. <laughs> We're almost done. This like, are you awake? Are you here? <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is, this is one of my secret superpowers, Portia, is I have a, a, an endurance for talking a lot. <laughs> I could go for three or four hours. As long as I have snacks, I could just oh, nice. I could talk forever. Yeah. Uh, okay, but Portia, let's, let's uh, round out this wonderful talk today with... Um, the animal symbol for this lunation and an I Ching reading. So the the uh, so you were you were telling me some interesting facts about the animal that we had, which was the dragonfly. What what was some of your experiences with the dragonfly? No, so it was funny that you just mentioned it because my partner came home. What was it, the day before? And a dragonfly had just like flown. He works in the back of a kitchen, like he does the prep work. And so it flew in the back of the kitchen and no one noticed. He actually noticed and like everybody started freaking out and they were trying to like shoo it out or like hopefully not kill it. And then he said that the dragonfly like flew right in front of him and just kind of almost like 
you know how they can like kind of hover. So it was doing that. And then it caught a fly, like right in front of his, like his face. Wow. So I don't know. It was just a really interesting experience that you like brought that up. And it was the, um, the animal totem for this particular moon, just the energy right now. So, yeah. Um, well, would you like to hear some dragonfly dragonfly facts? I'd say that 10 times fast. Dragonfly facts, dragonfly facts. <laughs> There's some funny ones in here. So first of all, and this is this is just from some basic Google searches. Uh, yeah. They're very ancient insects. They uh, have been on the earth long before the dinosaurs. So maybe that may be uh, speaking to connecting to ancient wisdom, kind of like Saturn yeah. energy, right? Uh, their nymphs live in the water, so they start in that water yeah. consciousness of spirit and of emotional place, and then they get they fly into the maybe the, the air or the more intellectual realm and reflect the light mm -hmm. of the divine on their wings. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's themes of illusion that come up with dragonfly, like um, maybe just this life being an illusion, like like Maya, like we talk about, uh, where you know the the, the spiritual is spiritual consciousness is the truth and we're just living in this illusionary consciousness here which i don't i don't know about that for sure uh, i like the idea of it um because sometimes life itself is hard <laughs> i mean i love to see a different uh higher reality but so they the dragon nymphs live in the water okay they uh they breathe the nymphs breathe through their anus so I'm trying to unpack that one. I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, it says the damselfly nymph actually breathes through gills inside its rectum. <laughs> Likewise, dragonfly nymphs pull water into the anus to facilitate gas exchange. When the nymph expels water, it propels itself forward, <laughs> providing the added benefit of locomotion to its breathing. Okay. <laughs> No. So maybe so here here's i'm trying to think of like how we can bring this into like a symbolism maybe we have to like release to go forward do you see what i'm saying we have to like you know shoot something like just like the the changing of perspectives or the adaptability of always something always being this way and you know just be open to it being a little bit different than you would ever imagine possibly yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so it also says that most new dragonfly adults are eaten, so they're they're prey animals. Uh, yeah. So that's something to consider when we're looking at animals, whether they're predator or prey, or and what that could mean for how we would go about our business. Um, so sometimes if we have prey animals that come up, caution is something that I like to think about because there could be something that is ready to consume us that we have to be aware of and we have to use our defense mechanisms rather than when we have prey animals or predator animals, we may need to pursue something a little bit more rather than uh, receptivity. So uh, they also have excellent vision. So they, they have those like multifaceted eyes. So that's something to think about. I'm, I'm trying to get clear on what, uh, what the truth is around this period of time. Mm -hmm. They are masters of flight. So they're like a helicopter. They can fly backwards, they can fly sideways. Yeah. lift off so be willing to be adaptable and flexible in in your movement wow. i think that's a, a key point of advice for this especially for this full moon because we have fixed mm -hmm. a fixed cross where if you get really mm, uh, i'm the word i want to use is fixated <laughs> feels redundant but let's say you get fixated in your position it can be really hard to move off of that and that can create a lot of conflicts when you dig your heels in um 
male dragonflies fight for territory. So it, there could be some issues of territorialism with this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, male dragonflies have multiple sex organs. Process mm -hmm. that however you will. <laughs> like, um, uh, some of them migrate so that's that's interesting this feels like a very migratory yeah, card yeah mm -hmm. so so maybe there's some a migration that's happening in our lives personally yeah. um, or in the collective and then finally they they thermoregulate their bodies so they're actually kind of uh cold-blooded so they're kind of at the mercy of nature to be able to regulate their body temperature uh, so that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at an animal symbol symbolism is, does it create its own heat or is it at the mercy of the environment? And in this case, it, we're at the mercy of the environment. So it's another sing signal to be able to, to be adaptable, to be able to tune into the energy and try to uh, protect yourself in that regard. So pull yeah. some sunshine in, right? Stay warm. Some yeah, hope. I definitely feel that adaptability that's yeah. what I keep thinking about that as you're saying, like all the different things and whether it's, you know, like there's some kind of chaotic event happening or just even just within your mindset that the focus I feel is like adaptability and even resourcefulness is, yeah. is a big one. Um, and just being also quick, quick witted, quick minded as a prey. It's yeah. like there's things out to get you, so to speak. And so if you can kind of like Bob and weave and like quit, you yeah. can possibly get out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You might have to use your intellect and your problem solving ability to get out of a sticky yeah. situation, right? So it's all coming together here. I'm I'm just checking the chat for this dragonfly. We got a lot of great uh compliments talking about uh the essence of the wind of change via Dos Lobos says. Uh, Sean uh, is here. Welcome, Sean. That's a new name that I'm seeing. Sean Zeiser, 32-year-old uh, Aquarius with Cancer Moon Rising. Well, welcome, my friend. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Laura is talking about colonics, <laughs> maybe. Like, I'm going to leave that to all of you. But maybe there's a purge that needs to happen around this period right, of time, yeah. you know, so season detox. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Kate says health and hygiene will be prominent as school starts as well, along with continued challenges related uh, to viral spread, monkeypox, COVID, flu, immunizations, criteria for safety measures, etc. 100% Kate, I'm glad that you bring that up because we're heading into a time where people are going to be gathering in spaces once again which can raise the anxiety level. I, that That is a great point, Kate, because that actually, that seems to work with that new moon in Virgo with an overcoming square to Mars, where mm. kids are going back to school, parents are starting to kind of freak out because it's like, oh shit, we're going back to school, COVID numbers are kind of high, we've got mm. to do all these different procedures to stay safe. Um, I know that in our family, that's something that we're thinking a lot about because we've kind of We've been in a little bit of a family bubble for a long time and now with the daughter going off to school there's going to be uh, a need to deal with we're even thinking about how to create a quarantine room for her if because colleges <laughs> basically their their policy is like if your kid gets sick we're sending them home and i'm like yeah. oh that's that's not a good policy <laughs> like, yeah. so, so she going to college like out of state you know or she got a, a full ride scholarship. I'm very proud of her. She got a full ride scholarship to a school that's four blocks down the road. Oh, wow. 
So, oh, so at least she's close though. That's nice. Yeah, she wanted to stay closer to home. Um, she got into some other schools that were very good, but they gave her a full, full ride you know yeah. room and board everything's paid for it and she wow. really worked hard to, to get that scholarship and and she wants to live in the dorms so uh i, and I think it'll be a good experience for her but there's yeah. definitely challenges right now for kids going to school and staying safe and you know mm -hmm. she's got roommates and things like that so i i definitely agree with what kate is saying about uh health and hygiene practices and figuring out the systems that will help keep people safe yeah. in this air age of of plague <laughs> yeah. i guess that's crazy yeah, the, the first week into my daughter's camp yeah she got she got exposed to a kid that had covid and they uh, called me and that's like not the call that you want to no. get no. <laughs> like i was just like getting through like it was the second week that i got the call and it was just like okay like you know i have this alone time i'm starting to like work myself into like accepting that and then i get a phone call that you have to come and pick her up because she's been, you know, exposed. Yeah. So, and then we all got it. So, cause with the little one, you can't like, you know, she's only two and a half. So I can't be like, okay, go over there. It's like, yeah. she's still missing. And so. Cause they want to be up in your. Yeah. She literally space. sneezed on me. Like, <laughs> oh, no. so I was just like, okay, well I have just, it now. I didn't already. So. Yeah. That's yeah, man. Was, what a challenging time just for society in general, but being a yeah. parent of small children, I, I do feel grateful that my daughter at least was a little bit older and was able to sort of be in her own space. It, it's I, yeah. my heart goes out to all of you who are raising young kids right now. And it's just a whole different consciousness that we're having to embrace. Um, and I think part of this is I'm going off on a small tangent here, but the, the Jupiter Saturn conjunction in air signs that we saw in the end of 2020, is a way that traditional astrologers look at different epochal changes in in society and man we, we are really having to shift to a, a new way of relating yeah. to one another um, and i think that we're in the early early stages of a two to three hundred year process and yeah. it's like i don't know that's what i say i'm like i have no fucking idea <laughs> like, you know, like no going back you yeah. know and yeah. i feel like that's so it's just the way that lined up is is crazy Right. Whereas, yeah, there's no, we're, we're not going back to, to those ways. So now we're like, everything's still kind of breaking down and yeah, there's a whole process. Like what I like to see or what I call it right now is that unearthing process is what yeah. was coming with yeah. more so with the Mars and Uranus. But I just feel that in general, there's this unearthing and just digging through like this really hard earth and just these fixed, you know, yeah. patterns and thoughts and all of the things. And yeah. Well, I think this is how we have to be like dragonfly, right? We have to be flexible. We have yeah. to, because things are changing from one week to the next, one day to the next, one month to the next. And I, this is something that I've been telling people that I think is should bear repeating. It's okay not to have all the answers right away. You know, sure. you sure. live into the answers. I think if someone tells you that they have it all figured out right now, they're completely full of yeah, shit. So I tend to err on the side of caution, <laughs> and I think that that's okay. And it's okay to admit that, and it's okay to be like, I'm just trying to figure it out. One, we're going to yeah. take one day at a time. And, and just because something was true last week does not necessarily mean it's going to be true tomorrow. And true. that's a that's it's tough because we've come from that earth age of like, okay, we have different systems where you do this and you do this, you'll be able to do this in life, right? And now it's mm -hmm. like, 
all those rules are completely yeah. out the window and we have to figure out how are we going to be like air okay so great comments in the chat here uh we have via dos lobos says dragonfly reminds us of a time and place where magic reigns iridescence of her wings yes i love that it's it's very easy in these times to get bogged down with the the, the bad news right of, of the uncertainty and how do we get in touch with the magic of life and and of hope i think i think that's something i've been struggling with is how do we Where's how do the we, yeah yeah where's the other side of this Where, where's the shore <laughs> that we're going to well i feel like lately it's like i grasp that optimism and then yeah. like the next day there's something like yeah. new in the news or something happening it's just like oh yeah so it's like the two steps for one step back it's exhausting it's, it's just it's a lot well we've got probably about six more months of saturn and aquarius so buckle yeah. in <laughs> for that at least although i, do. I don't know how i feel about saturn and, and pisces that oh just, well they'll be like, pop my pisces. i you love know, I you know, I think that's going to be, you know, because you're going to have it hit some prominent placements in your chart yeah. with all your good planets, right? Yeah, I'm like, no, don't, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> Please don't. My, my initial thought on that, and we're going on the Pisces and, in, in, uh, you know, Venus and Pisces rabbit hole here, but or to Saturn and Pisces and even. <clears throat> I think that we're going to be so fed up of, with like all these separate things that now we're going to be dealing with like, the metaverse type of thing right oh goodness yeah right? I feel like that's going to be like oh we can't touch each other in real life because there's just a new <laughs> disease every other day how are we gonna like you know have virtual sex or something right? with, like, with these things <laughs> yeah I, I was I was having a conversation with this with my family I was like yeah don't worry like you know you'll probably have these sensors you can stick to your temples pretty soon <laughs> So I, I don't know. We'll see what that brings, but I, I'm sure that that will have its own challenges that we'll have to learn to navigate as a species. Um, let's see, Susanna, who I believe probably has some pretty good paintings of a dragonfly somewhere, I'm betting. Dragonflies often fly close to the surface of the water. They're really beautiful and ethereal. I agree. And Kate says, people throw down butterfly in relation to transformation, but crap, dragonflies really go through it. That is true. Right? <laughs> exactly. So transformative time for sure. Um, and I'm going quickly through these, so forgive me for that. Uh, they are inclined to, Kate says, they're inclined to land on high surfaces. So if one is near, hold something up and sometimes they will land. Oh, yes. Just hold, hold something. I don't see them that often, which is crazy. Like sometimes I'll see them close to the water. Yeah. But I just, I don't see them that often. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think going towards like a pond or like a creek mm -hmm. or something like that, you're probably going to find more of them since the nymphs are coming out of the water, I'm sure. But, but like we were saying, oh, lot, yeah. a lot of them get eaten before they would make it to a place, you know, that isn't. That's you know, a water. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Okay, friends. I'm going to go, I'm going to move on to the I Ching here. You all have lovely thoughts. These chats are getting so active that I can't even get to every single comment. So that's a good, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I try to do my best. So forgive me for not reading every single one, but I love your contributions. I love the community that you're creating here, even with the chats amongst yourselves as well. All right, so the, the hexagram that we have for this uh, full moon, and I always ask the hexagram, what is the essence of the full moon or the new moon or the month of this astrology? And uh, I got hexagram number 63, which I thought was 
The I Ching is amazing because this, this basically translates to after completion and it ferrying complete. <laughs> it's like uh, everything in its place, mission accomplished, after fulfillment, maintaining equilibrium, preventing de deterioration, watching carefully, minding the kettle. So they talk in this uh, hexagram about a transition from one shore to another. <laughs> So, so it's funny that we had that Six of Wands card, right? Um, but there's a caution here because this is moving with one changing line to number 49. And the changing line in the, in the uh, translation that I use says, the finest clothes turn to rags. Be careful all day long. So the, the, to me that we're seeing in this, we think that we're over... I think of what I'm interpreting that's coming into my mind now is a lot of people think the pandemic is over. The pandemic is not over, uh, not even close. And yeah. we think that what, what Portia and I are saying is that this is probably going to be something we're going to deal with as a species moving forward for the foreseeable future is communicable diseases that are cropping up that we're going to have to learn how to, to deal with. And we're going to have to learn how to live our lives with it, you know, and taking proper precautions and things like that. Um, so the other thing I think that this speaks to in my mind is late stage capitalism. <laughs> you know, like, like we, we have this, uh, and also just like the, the challenges of getting to the end of the abundance of summer. And we're like, oh, we're celebrating the abundance of summer, but knowing that the, the winter is coming right? And knowing that there will be challenges that move forward. So I wrote down in my notes, the seeds of deterioration present at the heights of civilization, uh, keeping things moving and sailing along smoothly by exercising caution and prudence. Again, we were talking about kids going back to school, taking precautions, keeping your guard up, uh, wearing a mask if you're in an indoor space. <clears throat> yeah, I know in my home state of Michigan, the spread has been upgraded to, the risk has been upgraded to high uh, as far as COVID spread right now, so something to keep in mind. Um, don't get max or lazy. Stay vigilant. Be, be on your guard. Uh, this is still a fragile situation that is in transition. Um, one translation uh, compared this to being in a leaky boat. <laughs> so here in this right. boat is That's leaky. So <laughs> right, so keep paddling. Stay on firm ground. Keep paddling. Keep, keep going. Keep uh, you know, putting the new structures in place that will keep you safe. Keep doing your due diligence, keep washing your hands, keep wearing your mask, keep mm -hmm. being uh, uh, judicious about the spaces that you put yourself into. Doesn't mean you can't live your life. I think we're all getting to the point in all of this where our sanity is being tested. Mm -hmm. um, I know mine is, I, I miss people. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I love this space. Again, yeah. thank you to all of you for being here with us uh, in these virtual spaces. And I think that this is something where we may have to get better at creating community in these virtual spaces. But this is changing to the hexagram 49, which translates to revolution, molting, shedding old skin, metamorphosis, transformation, out with the old. Mm -hmm. So going through that process, we're going to have to embrace change, right? What do you think? What, what, what speaks to you with this hexagram reading? So much. I mean, just the fact in which things, energy is always changing, right? And yeah. there's never, and I hate to be, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, um, but I don't feel like we're going to experience anytime soon, just like this completely 
peaceful, blissful place um, yeah. for a while because a lot of things are out of balance. Yeah. And so if we learn how to, again, you know, find our own inner, inner strength and our own inner light um, and being able to hold ourselves strong within the chaos, within just the turmoil and the chaotic things that come up, like we will be better at, yeah, just navigating that whenever it arises. So we'll be able to enjoy the amazing times and then we won't panic when we're in you know, a pandemic, so to speak. So I think that ability to be adaptable is really important to have your own, you know, personal power again, um, because that's always going to be there. If you can like connect with that energy, regardless of, of what's going on in your outside world, that inner strength has the opportunity or the ability to always be there. And that's most important. And we're in this rebuilding process. And so yeah, it's like learning to adapt what's come up right now. This is not going to be forever. It might not be this bad forever, but we have to like really move forward and, you know, be smart about things. So I think the adaptability definitely mm -hmm. came up, um, the change and yeah, just personal empowerment for sure. I love that. I love yeah. it. You're so spot on with that, Portia, because this is really testing our ability to find centeredness and find inner peace, isn't it? When everything is kind of changing and shifting around us, that's when that is really testing our, our spiritual practices, really, right? Mm -hmm. And um, how do we create that centeredness? How do we return back to balance when things are going crazy around us? And I don't know if it's going crazy. It does feel a little crazy. I think that it's change, right? It's intense change. And if we were to view this from the 30,000 foot dragonfly Saturnian perspective, we'd see that the earth is going through these longer cycles, right? Yeah. And, and we just, we feel like we're in this tiny little speck of a moment, but it's really just part of this bigger cycle. And, and these are growing pains. These are like labor pains for something new that wants to be birthed. And I, I hope that we can put energy into birthing something um mm -hmm. good right there, there's got to be some good that comes out of this because the 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 earth age we can't keep going on like that the, the earth is telling us that we can't keep exploiting yeah. uh people we can't keep exploit exploiting animals we can't keep exploiting the earth itself and uh heating the earth up and not thinking about the balance of the ecosystem and how are we going to create something new and create something that is reflective of the requirements of our new our new time our new age and it's tough because many of us you know i don't want to give your age away but we're, we're heading towards middle age right <laughs> we've had certain habits we've we've had for a few decades and how do we how do we like uh undo some of those old habits and embrace something new and this is i think of this with uh you know equality as well and like between the haves and the have-nots, the, the insiders and the quote-unquote outsiders, right? How do we create a more equitable society as well? Mm -hmm. I think that's all part of this. And sometimes it gets a little worse before it gets better, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that that's uh, the pain before. You, you've gone through this. You've given, yeah. you've literally given birth out of your body. You know, you, you had those labor pains and then yeah. At the end of it, you had a beautiful little baby. <laughs> it was the, yeah. You made joy from your body. 
but it, it's so crazy, right? Such a crazy experience. And just like, yeah, going from not being a parent to being a parent and like, as a female, and like being the mother, that was literally a transformative process. Like I felt that the whole mother maiden and crone, I could feel that going from like the maiden to the mother. It's like a complete like death and rebirth experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm in awe of folks that are able to give birth out of their bodies and the strength that that entails to do that. I, I, I think I would chicken out just even thinking about how much that hurts. (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't. You have no idea until you do it. So you have no, like when you have your second one, which I haven't, then I'm like, oof, yeah. How do you even go through (laughs) Well, well, I applaud you for that. And, and I think that as a collective, well, we're, we're just going through a little bit of that right now. And I think hopefully we'll get to the other side of this, but, but, but as Portia and I have been saying, it's not going to look like it did before. We're not returning to something. We're creating something completely new. And once we embrace that, I think that we will have less of this pain that we're experiencing when we actually come into alignment with the changes that need to come, take place rather than fight against them, right? Instead of moving with the Tao rather than trying to constantly swim upstream, trying to, trying to embrace a past that was maybe not even that great to begin with. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, <I> <laughs> yeah, maybe for some people, but not for everybody. And that's what we're trying to, to, to promote here is how can we make uh, an equitable, equitable world for for everyone, not just a, a select few. I'm just looking through the the chat here, Portia, just to get some of these great thoughts as we wrap up here. And know oh, you got to get going here. Um, <laughs> your friend Mary is talking about Devolution Man, old movies where sex was introduced virtually way back in the '90s. I mean, well, <laughs> this is this is probably not an original thought that we've had here on this you know, podcast, like. Uh, people are trying to figure out ways to get down since time uh, immemorial. <laughs> so, right. uh, so we have, uh, let's see, Raven often sees uh, dragonflies at the lake, which mm. is awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see, Susanna says 63 is a funny hoxagram because it, it looks so perfect, but the in- interpretation is much more complex. I agree, Susanna. Uh, everything is, it feels like it's, it's, you know, we've gotten across the other side, but we have to remain vigilant or we can undo some of the good that we've, we've done as well. Uh, Lisa is, is, oh, Lisa's going through a transition of herself, trying, trying to embrace a new job and career, leaving the, the career that she's had for a long time. Good luck to you, Lisa, rooting for you. Um, Kate says that they are a novice astrologer, but believe in the different variations of viral concerns will be prominent, not exclusively COVID. In the U.S., first case of polio in 10 years. Oh, boy. Oh, no. In New York. That's oh, That sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, polio, monkeypox, COVID. I, I, again, many astrologers have, have done some research where they connected the transition from the earth to the air age to a time where communicable diseases were, were a thing and much more in, in pr- prominent in the collective consciousness. So I do think that that is something that we're going to have to really come to terms with, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and figure out a way to maintain our humanity and our hope through those yeah. things. But we will. I mean, we, we had to do this when we shifted ages to the Earth Age. Look at all the changes that happened in the Earth Age with the Industrial Revolution, like all the inventions that happened. Some of that was terrible. Some of it was amazing, you know? Yeah. Sure, we'll see it here, too. Um, okay. I think that's what we've got here today. Uh, thank you 
Portia, for joining me today. This was so much fun. So much fun. Really appreciate all of your insights, your intelligence, and um, uh, please, everybody, follow uh, Portia at Urania Universe with an underscore between those two words on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And you're on yeah, that's where I'm the most, most active. I do have a YouTube channel that I up- upload my uh, weekly forecasts. Nice. So that's there too. Okay. So check uh, Portia out on Instagram, YouTube, at her website. Sign up for her email list. That's the biggest thing that all of you can do, actually. That's the really the, the, the best way to stay in touch with your favorite content producers, astrologers, diviners, is sign up for their email list because then, then you don't have to go through any of the like corporate rule changes of like youtube and instagram and uh, you're not especially fighting with instagram with all the impersonators and yeah. who knows how that's going to turn out so that's why i always i'm like you know yeah. sign up for my my email list and you will stay connected with me wherever i go you know uh, and the other thing is we don't have to fight an algorithm to be seen on there too sometimes yeah. you'll subscribe to a channel and you won't even see the content because the algorithm isn't serving it up to you. So the Uh, email list is the best way you can support your your creator friends. Um, So hopefully you'll be able to do that. Uh, Sign up for for Portia's Chiron workshop on Friday. Sign up for my Deccans webinar on August the 20th. And, uh, you know, have have a good full moon in Aquarius. Try to keep your center, be flexible, and we'll, we'll all get through it together. Any final thoughts, Portia, before we sign off? I just thought how this is like, we're well prepared with this full moon Aquarius having this chat like a week early. So I just feel that speaks to that, that six of swords energy. Yeah. I'm being prepared and yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks again, my friend. And thanks for all of you and your wonderful comments. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave me a comment, whether it's here in this box or after the fact. And please, as always, remember, Be kind to yourself, as we've been talking about today with that self-love and getting alignment with your your best self and supporting yourself, but also be kind to others as well on their journeys, support them on their journeys as well, and we'll just get through it together. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for today. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Yeah.